1: Montana's only Daily Sports Talk Show. is Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
2: I like football!
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Nuanez Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanez. We are coming to you through the ESPN MT studio. Tons to get to today. A bunch of great guests for you. Aaron Best, the head coach of Eastern Washington, will join us. Eastern in Bozeman to take on Montana State for Senior Day there at uh, Bobcat Stadium. That game kicks at 1 p.m. there Uh, in the Gallatin Valley. We're also going to hear from Josh McCrossin. He has joined us several times this year because his team in the midst of a historic season, the uh, Corvallis Blue Devils, are into the quarterfinals of the, or excuse me, the semifinals of the Class A state football playoffs for the first time since 1976. It's almost uh, 50 years ago for those that are keeping track. So certainly a historic year down there uh, for Corvallis football. That's our better breakdown. Andrew Houghton caught up with Josh McCrossin. Justin Engel will be in studio to kick off hour number two. It's the business angle, uh, the overlay between business and sports. We're also going to hear from Brooks Nuanez. Times two, we broke up our all-football all the time. Did a little guess the lines here in hour number one, and then a little best bets in hour number two. Usually Brooks is the uh, lead segment of the 5 o'clock hour, which is the longer segment of the show uh, but because Justin needed to come in uh, live at five, we split Brooks up. So um, there you go. All sorts of football talk. Justin and I will also talk some NCAA Ben's basketball tournament uh, as that continues to evolve. He also has uh, a nice theory about if uh, realignment is a metaphor for the music industry and the way that streaming platforms killed album sales as the main source of revenue, just as we're seeing TV streaming uh, impact the decision-making across the uh, the wide world of college athletics as well. So an interesting conversation there, to be sure, uh, and one we will look forward to uh, diving into. So there's your show Outlook here uh, on Nuanas. Now. If you want to stream the show, you always can, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live, and you'll find the stream can also always be a part of the show, 1029, uh, excuse me, by dialing 406 888 1029. 1029's in all this stuff. That's We keep it easy for you. 888 uh, 1029 if you want to join us via phone call or via text. Keep those uh, phone calls and texts coming in. Love hearing from you guys. Love uh, for when you guys are a part of the show. And then, you, of course, you can always stream the show on the ESPN MT app as well as watching it live on SWX. Uh, Montana television uh, a piece of sad news because uh, I only note this well first of all it's sad anytime somebody loses their life but uh, this guy was in Bozeman and, and uh, I knew him a little bit um, Matt Ulrich who was he was a center for the uh he played at Northwestern and was a guard there at Northwestern and then he played guard and center for the Indianapolis Colts for a couple years and Jim Irsay, the, the uh, owner of the Colts, he tweeted about this yesterday that Matt had passed away. I was stunned by this. Matt is not a he – he's only 41 years old. Uh, the cause of death has not been released. But I'll never forget meeting Matt Ulrich. He – I used to work at the, the Ridge Athletic Club in Bozeman uh, doing a variety of different jobs, member services. And, uh, you know, I used to be like the weight room floor attendant, you know, just making sure everybody's doing all right, making sure the weights are Correctly, but you get to know a lot of the members, especially the regulars. Well, I'll never forget when I first met Matt. He came up and said, "Hey, can I can I get a spot from you?" And I'm like, "Oh, sure." You know, I'm I'm in my late twenties, so I'm you know I'm lifting a lot of weights at the, during the time, and I'm feeling you know I'm pretty strong. I, I'm not used to seeing a lot of guys that are throwing a lot of weight more than I was throwing around at the time. Well, this guy's throwing around about twice as much weight as I was ever throwing around. We go out to the bar. He's got 445s on there on each side. So for those that are familiar with weightlifting for bench press, that's 405 pounds. But then he's also got a 10 slapped on each side. So this guy's about to rep out 425. Well, I'm thinking, okay, this must be like a single rep max. Because, I, you know, I've only ever seen a couple of guys in the in my life that could even bench 400 pounds, period, one time. Well, he gets on there and pumps it out like four, five, six times. And I'm like, what? who is this guy? So I had to ask him. I said, I mean, because he's 6'4", and 15 pounds, and I was like, well, who who are you? <laughs> what is it that you do? And he's like, oh, uh, well, I work in private business, and I, I also have been working with mentoring and training uh, young athletes around town. But I played in the NFL, and I was like, well, yeah, you did. That's why you're, you're so huge and strong. And uh, anyways, that's all to say, all I knew of Matt was that he was uh, a weight room warrior. He went to the gym every single day. He was always working on it. He used to always tell me he was going for that 500-pound bench. He wanted to figure out how to bench 500 sometime in his life. I actually started following him on Facebook, and I saw that he did achieve the 500-pound bench press sometime within the last year. So that was certainly a a bucket list, lifelong goal for him. And uh, he was married to a gal from that area, from the Bozeman area. They had four little kids. They used to always bring them in. She she would teach fitness classes there. So I I don't know him well. All I knew was just, uh, hey, how are you? Good to see you. You know, I'm making your protein shake. You need a spot? Sounds good. And you know, we talk ball every once in a while, but that was about it. But uh, I was, I was really sad, but to hear that he had passed away. I mean, more, more than anything, just because of his wife and and his four kids. And you know, 41's just, it's just too young, man. So, um happy trails. Uh Rest in paradise to uh, a Bozeman guy. Uh, he's from the the Midwest, but he's he lived in Bozeman for probably a decade plus. So certainly a guy that had been involved in the community in a variety of ways, and uh, I heard from a lot of people in Bozeman about this. So, um, yeah, just another tough one. We've had a lot of people dying lately. We had Bobby Knight last week. That's not completely unexpected. He was 83, but then Anthony Johnson last week at only 37, the former Grizz, great basketball player. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully this is a trend that, that stops, because especially the young people, man, this just. It's just hard to handle. It's uh, really makes you feel your own mortality, but also hopefully maybe inspires you to, just you know, enjoy the moment and uh, live in the present and enjoy your life. Enough of the sad stuff. Let's talk some college football. Um, we gave you a full breakdown of <laughs> Montana and Portland State yesterday. I just can't get over how funny Bruce Barnum is. His line of the whole interview, he was he's always funny, and sometimes his jokes are very direct, and then other times they're they are uh, sort of buried. But he's like, yeah, you know, I sit down, I sit down, Hulk. That's what he calls Robbie Hauk. I sit down, little Hulk." And I, I i say, you know, wh- what are we going to do here? Because, of course, Robbie Hauk just finished up his career at playing at Montana. You know, less than a year ago, Robbie Hauk was in all-American safety for the Grizz. So... He's like, I sit down, little Hauk, right? I'm not trying to pull a Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> the line of the interview. Because, you know, there is all this stuff with all this Connor Stallion stuff, which is just completely outside of uh, the realm of sanity. I can't believe that there's somebody that's that obsessed with college football. It's actually really weird to me. I, I mean, I, I've dedicated my entire life to college football and covering the stories of the kids and writing about it and talking about it and all that. And then certainly, I love the healthy parts of it. You know, the, the coming of age ceremony for young men and the trials that it is for, for young guys to make it through and, and the bonds, the camaraderie that you find on a football team that are almost irreplicable in any other plane of life. All that stuff's awesome. The the frenzied manic obsession with teams from adults is so weird. It's it's so weird. And the Connor Stallions thing is. Totally bizarre. Anyways, we gave you the whole preview of the Montana-Portland State game, and we'll talk more about that tomorrow uh, with Rajim Seabrook um, to get you set up for the big game out on the West Coast. But Eastern Washington coming to Bozeman, and uh, it's interesting. Andrew and I just had a pretty good conversation about Eastern and their regression. I mean, they have not regressed to fall to the bottom of the league. They're still sort of a middle-of-the-league team, but they were a perennial power, a perennial conference title contender, and certainly a playoff team for pretty much the last 20 years until last year, and then they had the really tough year last year, but you could sort of say, okay, well, they had this record-setting multi-year starter and Eric Berry, at quarterback, and then he graduated, and now he's playing in the USFL. So it's just a tall task to try to replace him. Okay, that's fine. Well, then this year, you think maybe they got their dude in Kakoa Vesperis, and he's been good. I mean, he's leading the league in passing yards, but it's not like transcendently good. It's not like I mean, that's the thing, is the bar at Eastern is so high. I mean, if you ask me in my 17 years covering the Big Sky, who are the best quarterbacks I've covered? Well, Eric Meyer, Matt Nichols, Vernon Adams, Bo Levi-Mitchell, Gage Gubrud, and Eric Berrier are six of them. I mean, that's that's probably six of my top 10 or 12 in my 17 years covering the league. Those guys are all Eastern Washington quarterbacks. So the bar is so high. I mean, the bar for quarterback play at Eastern is the best in the conference. You could say that's unfair, but, man— I mean, they had eight different players win Conference Player of the Year and five guys in the span of 17 years win Walter Payton Awards. I and mean, that's – it's unprecedented is what it is. Part of it's the system, but they're still running a similar system. And, you know, and Vesperis is leading the league in passing yards, but it's about half as many as the guys that came before him used to throw for. So, it's definitely an interesting deal. Eastern's sitting there at 3-3 three and three in league play, and uh, they're 4-5 and five overall. They need to win their last two to avoid their first back-to-back losing season since 1994 and 1995. So almost 30 years when it comes to uh, consecutive winning seasons. Eastern, in fact, they had losing seasons in '94 and '95, and then they've only had two since last year. Uh, up until last year, just uh, just one ever under Paul Wolf, and uh, just the one last year under Aaron Best. Well, Waldo never had a losing season at Eastern Washington, so it shows you the consistency of the program, but that's what they're facing now. they got to win Saturday, and then they got to win uh, their finale against Northern Arizona in Cheney to have a, a winning year. If they lose Saturday, that'll solidify second straight losing season, so it's certainly been uh, strange, uh, to say the least, to see sort of the, uh, the fallback to the middle of the pack uh, for the Eagles. Let's hear from the head man of Eastern Washington, and then we'll talk a little bit more about this matchup. Or Big Sky Spotlight this week features Eastern Washington head coach Aaron Best, a familiar face on the show, familiar voice on Nuanas now. Coach Best, thanks so much for joining us, man. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Good, good, good. Well, first of all, let's talk just about the the, the crazy nature of the Big Sky this year. I mean, it's been all over the place. We've seen all sorts of different uh, teams rise up. uh, And, uh, I mean, you guys have had a couple crazy ones, including the one against Idaho State that went all the way down the wire. So, I mean, what do you think of the league this year? And what do you think sort of uh, plays into all of the the various unpredictable results we've seen so far this year?
1: Well, I think you, you go back a little bit to July, and it's kind of come to fruition what you kind of anticipated. Ton of ton of great teams. There's always a couple teams that uh, get better as the season goes on. Game's not over until there's four zeros on the clock. You, you knew this was going to be an enhanced version of last year's Big Sky, which was tough, uh, and it's even tougher this year. I mean, you're tuned in every Saturday, you know, once you complete your game to see how the rest of the, the Big Sky did. Um, and, and as much as you like to say that there's – or usually don't say there's, there's a ton of surprises – nothing really surprises you anymore because the league's so stout, top to bottom, um, tough to win on the road as always, but it's even tougher now, uh, with, uh, you know, some of these teams that present, uh, very, very unique challenges. And so, um, it's fun uh, fun isn't always uh, isn't always easy fun is challenging but uh, it makes for you know 60 minute segments every week uh to be as prepared as you can to to try to get what the other team wants to get as well and that's a win and uh so we haven't been on the the, the ultimate winning side of things as, as much as we would have liked uh but we're playing better ball uh through nine games and uh, we got another, another very very tough one in front of us
0: well, before we get to the, the upcoming one, let's just talk about uh, briefly the last matchup. You guys, pretty convincing win over Cal Poly. I, I never seen three safeties <laughs> in a game, but that was on the Cal Poly side of things. You guys piled up a whole bunch of points, including 31 uh, in the second quarter alone on the way to a 48-13 win. So uh, just take us through some of the, the highlights and uh,
1: memorable memorable parts of that game. Well, you know, it, you know every week, obviously, playing home, you, you want home field advantage. So... You know, sleeping in your same bed is great. Playing on your home turf is great, especially for uh, so the red, protecting the red. so so darn important for us, uh, but also the elements of, of weather uh, play out when you're playing an outdoor venue, and uh, it uh, it rained for a better part of that game. Don't know that I've been in too many uh, in my career, and it's uh, spanned, you know, 23 years as a coach, where from start of game to end of game, it. it Pretty much rain the entire time. Uh, advantage us when you're playing a team that uh, is used to 60, 65-degree weather at this time of year, um, and we took full advantage of it out of the game. Got up early, uh, got a pick six, few few blemishes early with uh, two snaps over the, the, the head of the punter. Uh, and then we took uh, took a, uh, uh, an auto safety late in the game because I wanted to flip, flip the field, not be uh, putting our defense out there inside the 50. Uh, so one was self-induced as far as that goes. But uh, we scored a lot of points in a lot of different ways. We played it a really good defensive ball game. Uh, stop the run, and obviously, you know it's a it's a fifty fifty team that likes to kind of maybe lean more on the pass. But uh, when you're up that uh, that much, and the the wind's blowing sideways, and it's a little rainy, and we're keeping guys behind the sticks, advantage us again. And so we played uh, we played a, a very well executed game uh, coming off a week where we didn't execute very well at all um, at Portland State. And so we uh, we 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 worked some things out. We didn't work all our things out, but We've got to carry that momentum into uh, every game and not just uh, leave it uh, at home as we head on
0: the road. Aaron Best, head coach of Eastern Washington, joining us here on Nawan is Now ESPN Radio. Eastern in Bozeman on Saturday, take on Montana State. Hey coach, you played a powerhouse schedule already this year. I think you played uh, four, maybe even five top 15 teams already, and now you got yet another one on the docket. So, I mean, how do you think this Montana State team tax, stacks up with some of the, the other uh, forwardable opponents you've had so far this year?
1: Well, the easy thing to do is you know compare and contrast with the other teams we played. I, I try to I try to to look at just like our team does a, a week segment. Um, and when I say that every week we prepare for for the opponent, knowing that we're only as good as we're going to be in being us but uh I don't know that they have many weaknesses, and I think I caught myself saying that uh, a couple weeks ago uh, you know with with an idaho team uh that was good offensively good defensively good special teams uh the only advantage we had is we' were playing at home um you know and so uh they've they've got uh they've got a ton of playmakers. Uh, you know, I thought their time possessions might be might be longer, but they're scoring from way out. They're 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 not going on fourteen, fifteen play drives, they're going on three or four and uh, you know, score for fifty out. Um, so they're, you know, three hundred plus yards a game on the ground and and only, you know, possess the ball for thirty minutes of the game. And so they force you to throw the ball in games because they get ahead in games. And I'll be honest with you, one of the, the, the most fun I've I've had watching uh a game from this perspective was watching you know Montana State against South Dakota State that was a fun game to watch uh, on film. And so I was excited about the opportunity to watch it and that, you know, not as excited to obviously be uh, going in against such a challenging opponent, but uh, they 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 use their guys in different methods. Uh, they they lull you to sleep and then all of a sudden, before you know it, you break a tackle and it's 60 yards uh, or they, uh, you know, get in a situation where they, they develop a pressure in a, in, a, in a choice down scenario where all of a sudden they, they cause a strip sack or, or get a pick. Uh, they are a well-coached team and aggressive team, a long team, uh, and a team that's it, that plays very, very well complimentary football. And uh, at home they've won twenty five in a row. Let's not uh, let's not forget that. Uh so they're not only a great team, but they play even greater at home uh for twenty five straight, so that spans what, three, four, five years from the math. Uh, holds uh correct and they're playing for a seat uh so we've we've got to take the the mindset of nothing to lose um, and uh, one play at a time we got to tackle ball carriers and not stop the run but limit uh the length of their runs uh, because the team they're seven and a half yards a clip every time they hand the ball off and so uh, that's uh that's that's a tall task uh but if we can keep them at around five five and a half I think that gives us a shot uh in both as a guy that
0: knows run games so well and, and has coached offensive line and, and called plays so often, I mean, what what about their run game makes it so challenging? I mean, what, is there anything unique that they do or anything
1: different? Well, the the first one would say the two quarterback system that they, they not only throw it and run it with both Tommy and, and Chambers, their their offensive line tackle and tackle wasn't maybe experienced coming in this year, but they're playing really, really well collectively uh, together. They've got three tight ends. They've shown on film that are are selfless blockers, but also ball catchers. So they're not just, you know, fullbacks, they're tight ends. They're they're blocking half the time and catching balls half the time. They mix up their run with their boots, with their motions, with their power reads, with their outside zone, with their handoffs. And the uh, team likes to stay in pistols, so they don't give you the back set pre-snap very often. Uh, they stay in pistol a lot, so out of pistol, there's a lot of things you can do uh, with that running back in behind the quarterback. And as well as they run the ball, then all of a sudden you they low you to sleep and they, uh, you know, six seven eight man protect you and you know, run 2-3, man routes, and all of a sudden go over the top on you because your safeties are, are itching to get to the line of scrimmage, and so they, they're, they're not conventional, and they're really good at being not conventional because they have a method to their madness, and they stick to it. Uh, they stick to their game plan. That's what great teams do. They don't get off script, or if they do, they minimally get off script because they, uh, they do what they do so well.
0: Washington in Bozeman to take on Montana State on Saturday. Uh, how about the other side of things? Uh, Coach, Aaron Best joining us here uh, on Nuwana's Now. When you guys got the ball, um, what sort of mismatches do you hope to exploit? What sort of advantages do you see against the Bobcat defense?
1: First things first, I think they, they let their front four get after you. And they've got about three guys that uh, can make a play at any, at any point uh, during a, a play, uh, whether it's run or pass. Uh, very heavy football players. Uh, everything starts with effort. Their their effort is second to none uh, defensively. But up front, they get after you. Uh, I wouldn't say they play base, but they don't pressure you. Uh, they pressure you by getting home and, and getting the, the quarterback off, off schedule and off his, off his spot. Uh, so they got all league guys all over the place. Uh, they play with high effort. They play collectively well together. and They want to get you in third down. They throw some third down stuff at you uh, that's different than most. And so they almost – play base to get exotic. Um, and they allow themselves to go rush the passer in third and, sit, third and, you know, medium and long situations. Uh, we've got to continue with the sticks on the ground. We've got to lean. We've got to get tough yardage at the end of the day. And uh, I'd like to see us break, you know, six or eight tackles in the game uh, and then build on that throughout the course of the game uh, because uh, we can't we, we can't allow one-ball ca- ball tackler to tackle our ball carriers. And um, so we, we've got to make some individual plays when the opportunity presents itself. Um, you know, and then be strategical on third down and making sure that we're not uh, we're not overextending ourselves and playing playing within. But uh, they got playmakers all over. Uh, they don't pressure a ton, uh, but they get pressure with with uh, with their base defense. And they they um, they get in your face. They're long, athletic, and uh, they they know what they're doing. They play that system well, um, and they're physical doing it. Aaron Best, he's Washington, his team in
0: Bozeman on Saturday. Coach, I'll be there, so i look forward to seeing you and your team. But best of luck with the rest of the week, and thanks for taking a minute today. Appreciate it, Colter. It was now ESPN Radio. It's our Big Sky Spotlight, presented by Maldonado Law. Any and all criminal defense, DUI, medical malpractice, visit BigSkyDefender.com. Uh, a couple of last thoughts on this uh, Eastern Washington-Montana State game. <laughs> it's, it's it's amazing the way that things ebb and flow, right? Like for a, a good portion of let's call it the Skyline Sports era. We're in our ninth year at Skyline Sports. The beginning part of the Skyline Sports journey covering the Big Sky Conference. Several of the craziest games I've ever covered were between Eastern Washington and Montana State. 2014 when they played in Bozeman. And Eastern won 52 to 49 on a Cooper Cup touchdown with like 13 seconds to play. Nuts. The next year in Cheney, I've never seen a head coach as disheartened and at a loss for words as Rob Ash was after his team lost 55 to 50. They put up 50 and they lost. (laughs) Eastern Washington. I think my I think I'll, I'll never forget my lead. My lead was the only thing that stopped Eastern Washington on Saturday was the goal line. Eastern piled up, I think, 724 yards of total offense in that game. Jordan West, their quarterback, was something like 21 of 23 for 475 yards and six touchdowns. It was one of the most absurd lacking of defense games <laughs> that I've ever seen. And it's amazing now where these programs are at now. I mean, Montana State playing a completely different style. They've also basically knocked Eastern from the top of the pedestal, and they sit atop, at least, they're one of the three teams jockeying for the throne that Eastern sat on for quite some time. And, you know, usually you think, okay, even with these upstart teams, eh, there's a chance they could go knock somebody off, you know. For whatever reason... And this is no offense to Eastern Washington. I just can't see Eastern going into Bozeman and winning on Saturday. Am I crazy, Andrew? Andrew Houghton Chapman in here on uh, Nuanas now. Am I crazy for thinking that Eastern? I don't think so. It's, I, mean, I it's not that I think it's going to be fifty-six to nothing. I think Eastern Washington will score several touchdowns on Saturday, maybe as many as three or even four touchdowns on Saturday. I just don't think that they're going to be able to stop Montana State more than just a couple times. I just think the Cats are going to roll up 7 or 8 touchdowns themselves.
3: No, it says a lot about Montana State, right? I mean, I don't yeah. think that I would any any other than a couple, maybe three teams in the conference could go into Bobcat Stadium and win a game. And right. even those two or three teams, so you can guess who they are, I wouldn't feel all that comf- I wouldn't feel all that comfortable and confident about it, right?
0: One thing we talked about on the Big we talked about all the different factors. You can check out the Big Sky Breakdown analysis pod coming up here in just a minute. I got it. I got it uploading. So much of my life is just watching the upload bar. <laughs> it's, it's almost there. Uh, regardless, uh, Andrew and I talked about a lot of the factors. One factor we didn't touch on, Andrew, this is the last thing we'll talk about on this game, and we'll take a break, is one factor into why Eastern Washington isn't Eastern Washington anymore is because Idaho replaced them. Not only just in the stature, but in the in the area too. I mean, what has Idaho come in and done? They've come in and had gotten the flashy quarterback who keeps plays alive, and the record-setting receivers who dice everybody up. And they're the ones that have the prolific offense. Although I know this last month they sort of mitigated their scoring quite a bit to play this ball control to 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 make sure that they stay in the driver's seat. But either way, uh, th- in a lot of ways, Idaho has kind of replaced uh, Eastern in, in like the. The Swagger and bravado, and the like the identity of that team in that area.
3: Hey, they've even got a similarly funky stadium that people <laughs> love right. to either love to love or love to hate, you yeah. know. Uh, that's true, and that you know, that's not there are good players who come out of there, that's not a recruiting hotbed. Yeah, that's right, there's not enough for both of them. That's true, too.
0: It was now ESPN radio, SWX by 10 television, and the ESPN MT app from college football to pro football. We'll talk some uh, guest the Lions Brooks Duanez. If you want to watch college football or pro football, or the NBA, the NHL, or anything else, Silver Slipper will have it on for you. they got 55 TVs to watch all the sports. They also have drink specials every day, 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and pizza. There's nowhere else you should be watching your favorite teams. At the Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. Stop by today and see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's Best kept secrets, all football all the time, next. and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschulteilaw.com.
1: This is is Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I
0: don't know how I got onto the cars today, but I did. And I forgot how sweet they are. I don't know why I... Sometimes there's, like, bands that you really are into at certain points in time in your life, and then you, for whatever reason, you just forget about them, but then when they get reintroduced, it's like hearing them for the first time all over again. The cars are sweet, man. We have some more cars on the radio here. Oh, back, to back. Now, ESPN Radio. We got this sweet book, Montana Greats, From abzorki to Zurich, the Greatest Athletes from 264 Montana Communities. It's by Jeff Welsh, who's the uh, executive editor of 406mtsports.com, and a guy that I've worked with a variety of different stops along the way just i guess kind of alongside we never actually worked in the same newsroom but we're always at various different events and the guy I got a lot of respect for this book has been awesome so basically we just uh, share where we're at so a lot of times we just ask people about their various towns or maybe there's a pertinent town that we highlight like we went through all the Bitterroot towns for a Bitterroot breakdown the other week that was fun but when we're just going through it we're just going alphabetically so we're on page 77 we're the crow agency and the uh the athlete is Larry Weasel. First of all, one of the great names in Montana High School Hoops history. While I'm reading this, guys, somebody can you look up for me real quick? I have my computer out there. I, I believe Larry Prettywizel just, just passed away, but look that up for me real quick. Um, though only five foot ten, Prettywizel was a mercurial player for Harden in the 1950s, averaging 32 points a game during the 1957 state tournament. That year, Pretty Riesel scored 48 points in the third-place game, a record that stood for 27 years. And for an encore, he put up 50 in the East-West Shrine All-Star Game. Pretty Riesel was chosen Montana's top high school athlete overall in 1957 after setting the state's single-season record with 712 points. His 465 points in conference play that year, despite double and triple teams, also set a record for Class A and AA, which stood for decades. Recruited by several major colleges... Pretty Weasel was the leading the nation in field goal percentage as a freshman at Rocky Mountain College before he dropped out of school mid-season. Nicknamed the Harden Flash, Pretty Weasel was inducted into the Montana Indian Athletic Hall of Fame in the inaugural class in 2007. As of the publishing of this book, he still lives in Crow Agency and he was uh, he's watched his three great-grandchildren win state titles for Harden and Lodgegrass. Is he uh, is he still alive? No, he d- he died in early September. That's what I thought. Yeah, he had, he passed away earlier this year. I couldn't remember if it was him or Elvis Old Bull, both uh, legendary uh, Native Amer- American basketball players. If I was to ask you, what's your favorite small town in
4: Montana? What's the first thing that comes to your brain? Oh my gosh, that is so hard. So hard. I really, I always just like have this appreciation for Whitehall, Montana. Whitehall, good one. I photograph uh, football fields. Oh, obviously, but also small town ones. So basketball hoops, especially like on the res or somewhere like in a tiny town or a uh, small town football uh, stadium. So like Drummond is another good one. Mm, Drummond. But yeah, I would probably say somewhere on that corridor. Drummond and Whitehall, two of the closest um, football fields to the interstate for sure.
0: We have this cool book. Brooks Duvall is in studio with us here. It's all football all the time. We're going to talk some NFL here in a minute, but I just think this book is so cool. It's Jeff Wilson's book, Montana Greats, from Abzorki to Zurich, the uh, greatest athletes from 264 Montana communities. Whitehall, Sean Davis, Rodeo. Born in Butte, Davis is a rodeo legend for his days as a three-time world champion saddle bronc rider to his uh, larger imprint on the sport as the general manager of the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo from 1986 to 2019, so that's pretty Cool. He won his world titles in 65, 67, and 68 and was leading the world standings in 69 before he suffered an injury. Before that, he was a college all-around champion at Western Montana College in 1962. Davis made an honorary member of the Blackfeet Tribe in 1973. He might be best known for his deciding vote in moving the NFR in uh, 1985 from Oklahoma City to Las Vegas. An hour-long documentary about Davis called Cowboy Strong, the man behind the NFR legacy in Vegas aired on CBS Sports in 2018. He was an inaugural induction to the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame in 1979 and deemed a legend of pro rodeo in 2011. I wonder if he's related to the Davis family that we know that it ha-
4: has Blackfeet ties. And very likely. You never know. We have to ask them.
0: Alright, uh, let's do some Guess the lines here. All football all time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. No matter where you're at in Montana, there's a Sportsbet Montana kiosk near you. Last week was a weird week, but it was a better week than the previous two, just because you can sort of pare down a couple different things. And, it, and more than anything, it's just about, this is the pieces of advice we're always giving you. Figure out the teams that you think are some of the best in the NFL. We always give you our lists each week. Multiple times a week and also some of the teams that are some of the worst in the NFL and then find the ones that are matching up against each other and uh, bet
4: those ones so let's do some guess the lines first what uh, what stands out to you what do you got for me this week well, I think it's one of the weirdest weeks of the season. Um, we've, had, we've had weeks where there's as many, as many as 10 of the 16 games be a field goal or less. Yes. Which is just like, okay, so they're all just home field, like really hard lines to judge. If you like a team, you're getting pretty good odds with low numbers. This week, see one, two, two, three games that are below a field goal. Everything else is like random and weird. And so we'll start with uh, what I think is probably one of the games of the week is the Cleveland Browns going to... The Baltimore Ravens. It's certainly uh, one of the games of the week. Cleveland's been really good defensively. Cleveland... Cleveland's so good, and they're really bad. I don't get it. Well, they don't have a quarterback, but like just run the ball. Yeah, their running back's leg got turned backwards. They have Kareem Hunt in room for. They're both good. No, that's
0: true. Cleveland is Cleveland's really weird. Uh, we Mar- coach Marty and I were talking about this because certain in certain ways, I want to move Cleveland up to like that top group that's like certainly inside tracks to the playoffs, but. They do leave some stuff to be desired, but when they look good, they look great. They looked great last week, but they were playing the Cardinals, so who really knows? But, I mean, they beat the 49ers a couple weeks ago, so they have some uh, reputable wins. They got killed the first time these two teams matched up, though. Cleveland lost 28-3 to to Baltimore in Cleveland. So I'm going to say, because of that, because this game's in Baltimore, and because the Ravens are rolling right now, I'm going to guess... I'm going to say
4: minus 5.5 for the Ravens. Yep, nailed. Opened at 5.5, it's up to 6.5. So one thing that I've encouraged people this entire year is that if you see a number early in the week that you like, I would take it because they're pretty much climbing, especially these good teams. Money's going to keep pouring in on the Ravens. Money's going to pour in on the Chiefs and the Eagles and the Cowboys. And If you like the Ravens at 5.5, get it because it's going to probably finish at 7.5. So take those numbers when you can. Uh, Here's another game I think is pretty weird. We're staying in that same division. The Green Bay Packers traveling to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oof. Can I give you just a little info on this game? <laughs> sure. The Packers are terrible, so you go ahead. <laughs> the Packers are terrible and at
0: the same time coming off a victory last week because the Rams had nothing.
4: The Rams are so up a creek. Well, it's not even ended. a victory. That doesn't mean barely count.
0: Yeah, well, uh, the Rams are so desperate that they signed Carson Wentz off the street. That's about all you need to know about that. The Packers have also been struggling to do anything to keep Jordan Love protected cuz their Aaron Jones has been all busted up. The Steelers are strange cuz the Steelers are like they're either the the best bad team or the worst good team. They're like the worst First, like 5 uh, and 3 team in the league or the or they're like the best bad team cuz they are 5 and 3. Yep. They're really good at home though. I'm going to say and they have a formula. They definitely have a formula. And they have a good coach. I don't know how long they can. I don't know what the sustainability of the formula is. Like basically, their formula is we don't do anything on offense until the fourth quarter, and they were going to start to try to do something because we're just going to try to lull you to sleep. They only believe that Kenny Pickett can do one quarter worth of operations. Is he in or out? Is he? He's in. He's in. Broken ankle, broken knee, broken <laughs> ribs, <laughs> broken everything. Tiny Kenny. hands. Kenny. <laughs> Kenny. Kenny. Uh, I still think the Steelers are probably. I don't know. Field goal fair. I'm going to say minus two and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. I'm not, I, I should have actually said that. It's three and a half with the hook. Yeah, that, that, make, that makes sense. I just love the Steelers. Um, in, well, as we decided, week. yeah, you talked me into this. You, we, I said, don't bet the Steelers
4: anymore. And then you said, well, just bet the Steelers when they're at home. Yeah, bet them at home and bet them when, again, when they need to win, which they need to win. I mean, you just like, these are they important need to games. They win they have a bad team in town. You have a bad team in town. You're at home. You just got to win those games. And Jordan loves not going into Heinz Field and, and winning so okay good one Off uh, Football All the Time presented by Sportsbet Montana uh, Where what, what else you got let's jump to your beloved the amazing un, you know you, you really you can't say anything bad about this team now that they got a guy like Josh Dobbs because you the only thing you don't like about the Vikings is Kirk Cousins and now for better or worse you don't even have to think about him so we got the New Orleans Saints playing at the Minnesota Vikings
0: first of all Kevin O'Connell is sweet. He's he's all right. He's a sweet coach. Yeah, if you're a fan of the Vikings, (laughs) (laughs) oh man, Josh Dobbs proving me right though. You know, Kevin O'Connell's all right for sure. I hate the Saints. I hate.
4: I don't. I don't. Who hates the Saints? I don't
0: actually hate them. I just don't believe that they're good. But they're better than they. They're the team that's proving me wrong more than any other team in the league. What's not good about them? You don't like
4: Demario Davis and Cameron
0: Jordan and my brain is broken by by. Because they had such a consistent identity for such a long period of time, it's been hard for me to move away from what that identity is. They aren't the Sean Payton Drew Brees Saints. But my brain still thinks they are. So then when they suck on offense, every time I yeah, watch no, them... Yeah, no, they're
4: the Dennis Allen defensive Saints. They're a
0: defensive okay. team. Yeah. The, the Saints, the Aints, can't be a defensive team. The Saints have never been a defensive team until now. And so it's hard for me to like wrap my mind around it. They play in the Superdome. They're supposed to be throw the ball Have you the seen place. Demario Davis? No, he's great. And Cameron Jordan is awesome. I would say he's great, yeah. <laughs> Man, the Vikings are really good at home, but I still think the Saints are probably favored in this game. I'm going to say,
4: which is stupid, but... I'm going to say the Saints are minus 2.5-point favorites. Yeah, you nailed it. 2.5 on the dot. 42.5 over under. Ready for the Saints' remaining quarterbacks on their schedule? Yes. Josh Dobbs by Taylor Heineke, Jared Goff, Bryce Young, Tommy DeVito, Carson (laughs) Wentz, Baker Mayfield, and Taylor Heineke. I'm
0: stealing it from Mike Lombardi. Tommy DeVito's the shoeshine boy.
4: He's cracking me
0: up when he's calling him that.
4: The the Saints, I mean, they're not going to win all those games. They could seriously win... And they could get, you know, six more wins in the next eight weeks and finish with 12 wins. Yeah, they could. And they're going to win that division because the Falcons are unraveling and the Panthers are terrible. The Falcons are completely spiraling. One of my other things is this time of the year, guys, ladies and gentlemen, figure out the teams that are spiraling. It doesn't matter the records. It doesn't matter what you like about the offense, the defense. Yeah. Like the the Who's on the way up? The Who's Falcons the have, like, a serious issue. Serious issue. You know who else has an issue, Coulter? Who's that? The New York Jets. Who I thought you were going to say the Giants? The Giants have. The we're going to get to the Giants flat flat next. Bag. Let's go to the Giants next. Let's, let's do the Giants first because the Jets play on Sunday night. But the uh, Jets I think have some issues. But okay, look, so the let's Giants, do the Giants first, Colter. The, Giants
0: play the Cowboys I'm, at, I'm, in Dallas. I'm, see, I'm, I'm either staying away from this or just complete or completely going against what I'm about to say, and I'm going to give me the number though. I mean, I don't know. Cowboys by twenty. What what is it? What is it really? Sixteen and a half. Yeah, it's absurd. I mean, that's why you stay away from this though, because the Giants will just backdoor cover that or something. I don't know. I might bet. I might tease it up to like twenty-seven for the Giants. They're gonna lose by four scores. I think you could only tease it at twenty-three. Twenty-three. Yeah, I'm staying away.
4: Because <laughs> the Cowboys are gonna be on a mission after losing the way that they lost last week. You really don't think that the Cowboys are gonna cover two touchdowns against Tommy DeVito? True shine boy, especially coming off that loss last week. Maybe they will. 16.5 points. Guess what the over-under is. This tells you all you need to
0: know. 16.5 points, and the over-under is probably 43.5.
4: 38.5. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Yikes. Ouch. (laughs) All right, now let's go to the Jets. This is uh, Sunday night football. The Jets. How are the Raiders on primetime again?
0: Because they're awesome. Why why are they showing us Chiefs-Dolphins at 7 o'clock in the morning and not and the, the Raiders are on primetime all the time because
4: the NFL hasn't figured out how to flex their schedule because it's so hard to do. You know, <laughs> Gosh. So, so the Jets, who I just mentioned, I told you, Colter, on what was this Monday Night Football? You said I'm rolling Jets. I think I said I think the Chargers roll in this game. Yeah, you're you right. couldn't believe me, right? The Jets have some serious issues. They are yes. like, did you hear? Robert Sala's answer to the question about why they have not played their backup quarterback, who is Trevor Simeon, why he said, "I'm going to plead the fifth on that question. Uh, It's not really my call." Oh boy! Wow! So it's nice going really well with the thing. Wow! How's that looking? I mean, not your call. That's like so. Is it Aaron Rodgers' call? Is it or your trying to best friends' call? Tank or what are you doing here? Right? Like he says to the question, "I plead the fifth. It's not my decision." So I think the Jets have some issues here. Uh, uh, in Vegas with uh, Aiden O'Connell for the Raiders uh, rookie quarterback. Pierce. Antonio Pierce, what a guy. After dropping 30 in his first game. Antonio Pierce is, is a man of the people. Raiders minus three and a half. Opened at Jets two and a half, and now it's down to pick them. How? How are the Jets favored in this? Aiden O'Connell, rookie quarterback. Have you not seen Zach Wilson, the Wiley veteran? <laughs> Zach Wilson, oh my gosh. He's got to be, he's the worst quarterback in the league. He has to be. He has to be. Yes. All the other bad quarterbacks don't have uh, Garrett Wilson. That's right. Like I mean, I, I forgot Garrett Wilson was even on the Jets. That's how bad Zach Wilson is. Yeah, you should see my fantasy teams. Oh man.
0: Uh, okay. All football all the time. Presented by SportsBet Montana. Let's guess the lines on the other uh, two Pride and Prime games Thursday night and uh, Monday night, and then we'll take a break. Thursday, Panthers Bears. Man, you love the Bears on this one, which is funny. <laughs> I don't know how you could possibly love the Bears <laughs> because they're hilarious. They're
4: hilarious. I mean, they she just have. Shepherdsville Union College or whatever. They I mean, have players, man. They have some players. They are a professional football team, yes. I'm a, I'm a Texas running back fan, so I'm a, I'm a Donta Foreman fan. I'm a Cole Comet fan. I'm a DJ Moore fan. And the Bears are one of the three or four worst teams in the league, but they're playing the worst team. so <laughs> They're definitely playing the worst team. Since Chicago, uh, Bears are field goal favorites. Yep, three and a half. So they give them the hook. 44 and a half point over under, which is relatively high for this time, for this season, which there's been so many. The overs have been hitting on Thursday night, though. The well, only time they ever hit is on Thursday No, night. it's been the, the NFL, or the, the books, rather, have, have have it balanced out to where now the overrunners are hitting about 50 50. so we had we just been making them lower way lower we just had I mean this week there is 39 38 39 39 36 I mean there's just some lower ones this week there's also some higher ones but they've it was for a time in the season 12 and 4 the unders were hitting 10 and six. The unders were hitting now it's about eight and eight. If there's a full slate of games. All right.
0: Monday night football uh, Broncos at bills. I think that this is also one where you're going to have to tease it one way or the other. Cause I think they're going to swipe in and get you. I think it's probably the touchdown with the hook, maybe
4: even eight and a half, but I'm just going to say seven and a half. You nailed it. Seven and a half points. Guess what I like in this game, the Broncos. I like the Broncos here, Mr. Majestic. I like the Broncos here. Superman Russ. I want to tease that up to two touchdowns and, I think they cover that all day. Well, I love how we
0: both got to the same point where we're like, "Well, the Bills are good, but then they're not." And they're so no, they're not good. State.
4: They're just not good. I don't like the Bills at all, and I am a Bills fan. Like, I want to like I like Josh Allen. I want to like Josh Allen. I like Stephon Diggs. I want to like Stefan Diggs. Yeah. I don't really like anything they got going. After they, they just l- have to have a solution for. it. You can't just be like, "Hey, we're gonna snap you the ball and then you just go make plays." Travius White out uh, for another season. You know, I, I I think it's another knee injury, and then Matt, losing Matt Milano is huge. I mean, one of you know, the pro football focus is a love child. Like he's a very high rated analytical player, but also passes the eye test like really no linebacker in the league. I mean, he's a top five, top six playmaker. You lose both those guys. Now you just got to get in shootouts. And you know what I think with Josh Allen when he's slinging the ball around the yard in a shootout. I want nothing to do with that in the betting world. I'm happy to watch him play. I actually think it's rather enjoyable, but not really interested in watching him throw three picks and lose a a game and they should win.
0: How lucky are you guys? We get all football all the time in each hour of this Thursday show. Keep right here. ESPN Radio.
1: One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio.
0: Well, I know at the beginning of the year, we expected there to be a ton of great teams in high school football from around Western Montana. That certainly played out. But now here we are in the final four of the playoffs across the state. And we have... Two teams from the, the general area, our radio area, still alive. I think a lot of people thought Florence would be right there. The second team being Corvallis? I don't know if a lot of people had that. No one is now, ESPN Radio. It's certainly been a banner year, a historic year down there for the Blue Devils. And now they host a semifinal playoff game with Columbia Falls coming to town on uh is this game on Friday or is this game on Saturday Saturday uh, afternoon I think that that's going to be the the trend it's going to be double A on Fridays and then A B and C on Saturdays cuz a lot of times these trips are so far Columbia falls to to Corvallis isn't is bad but uh this guy has become a regular contributor to the show because his team has been so good this
3: year historic season continues down the Bitterroot Valley for the Corvallis Blue Devils Corvallis 24-17 winners over Laurel in the state quarterfinals last week. And the Blue Devils going to host, for the first time in school history, a semifinal game this week when they host Columbia Falls. Joining us now on the Bitterroot Breakdown, Blue Devils head coach Josh McCrossin. Coach, first off, congrats on the win last week. Thanks for joining us.
2: Hey, thanks, Andrew. We're uh, definitely definitely excited. And, uh, and uh, it's nice to see the boys' hard work this season um, kind of come to fruition and, and get a get a big win there.
3: Well, another close game for you guys last week. Of course, that's probably expected in a state quarterfinal. But you guys have been in a lot of close games. The game with Laurel was tied in the third quarter, and then you guys score the go ahead touchdown there later in the third quarter. Hold on through the fourth, win it 24-17. Walk me back to that game. What were the what were the difference makers for you last week?
2: Well, I think the I mean the the way that well you said it. I suppose I guess the quarterfinal football game, playoff football, when you got good teams. Um, possessions just kind of get limited. I mean, you, the teams are going to drive a little bit, and that takes away um, your opportunities when you have the ball. And that's and then your defense, you know, is going to be put under under fire at times as well. Uh, Laurel was a Laurel was a running um, team that I think they only they only passed about ten times or so the entire game. Um, they, so that also, you know, added to the the fact that our possessions really mattered. And for us to put 24 points on the board against a, a team plays the way they do we were we were you know happy with that and our defense only allowed them uh, to score one uh, def- or one touchdown by their offense we gave up a off return um, as well so I mean we we played we played good football I think we had, we had some solid momentum throughout there um, our boys uh, our, our boys definitely um, got a got a taste of, of playing a good football team and, and getting a good win um, this time of year and in uh, like I said world's a good team. Um, and being able to, to pick up a good win there is um, definitely uh, exciting and, and good for the, the kids and, and even you know, and even more exciting that we get to host again this next week.
3: Yeah, last thing from last week. I mean, I've noticed you guys have scored a lot of special teams touchdowns this year. Last week you get hit with one because Laurel takes a kickoff back in the second quarter. How important was it to get back even at halftime because you guys answered that with a touchdown?
2: Yeah, oh, it's, it's critical. I, and this time of year... The I mean, like I said, with possessions being limited, those big plays, whether it's a maybe a defensive touchdown or a, or a, a costly turnover in bad field position or a special teams touchdown, I mean those those big plays could be enough to uh, to put you put you in a hole that you just aren't going to be able to fight your way out of when you play these good teams. So, um, being so giving up that touchdown was, was certainly you know costly, and um, and but being being able to respond within um, on that next series and just getting down into the end zone and executing. I think it was about 75 yards or uh, 80 yards um, on that next series was uh, was was critical for our guys, but our guys have done that all year long. I mean, being we were down in Hamilton and had to had to respond and, and get a couple good drives together, and and against Dillon at the end of the game, we had our avenues to. Uh, we were it was a one score game at midfield on the fourth and three, and we we had an opportunity, and uh, that our guys play through those moments really well. I I, I appreciate their response to adversity, um, but. This time of year, those type of those type of mistakes can certainly
3: cost you. Well, and that puts Corvallis into the Class A semifinals. We're talking with Corvallis head coach Josh Mcrosson here on the Bitterroot Breakdown, and you guys have Columbia Falls this weekend. We can talk about the the atmosphere, what it's going to be like for you guys hosting that game. But first off, just on the field, what are you expecting from Columbia Falls? What do you guys need to do to win this game?
2: Sure. So, uh, Columbia Falls is another great team. I mean, they've they've been certainly had a hot hand at the end of the season here. Um, they they have a Division One quarterback. They have a couple other Division One talents on their team. Um, they're they they are certainly a deserving team to be here in the semifinals. And and we got to play good football in order to beat them. Uh, they're a um, I think they they play a little bit more spread offense and a little bit more of a drop eight defense. Um, that's that's kind of their identity. It's certainly different than the Laurel team we just played. Um, and we, and we're going to have to adjust to the tempo of the game, I think, first and foremost. And playing, probably playing a few more series, playing a, you know, playing against a team that could score so quick. Um, there may, we, they may get some, they may get some in different avenues on us quickly. Um, but our offense is going to be given probably more avenues to, to score. And we have to take advantage of those and, uh, from whatever avenues they come. But, uh, but again, a, a good team. Um, and we got to play a good game in order to beat them.
3: Well, and sort of the other side of the coin there is, as you mentioned, hosting a semifinal game for the first time in school history. What are you expecting from the atmosphere? I, th- I think this game is on Saturday, so not Friday Night Lights, but what are you expecting from the atmosphere on Saturday? How are you maybe preparing your kids to handle that?
2: Well, the nice thing about being at home with that kind of atmosphere is that the, the, the tone and the, and the excitement you know, will carry with your momentum. Um, so when when you have the momentum, it's gonna be it, it's gonna really be pushing you know in your favor. And our, play, our our boys play with play well with momentum. When we have that, I believe. Um, but getting our guys ready for the fact that obviously in the in the semifinals, I mean things start things feel a little different. It's not it's not just a playoff game. It's it's the game before the big one. And, uh, and certainly the community has been, been super supportive and super excited. Um, there's been lots of, lots of avenues where people have been reaching out, wanting to do a little more for the team. And, and, that's, and that's been awesome and, and been great. And I'm glad the, the boys get to experience that. Um, but in terms of on the field, we're, we're going we're to play football. And as, as loud as it is, as, as many people are, are going to get there. And, and with it being two teams in the West, I imagine Columbia Falls is going to get a lot of people down too. I mean, the atmosphere is going to be exactly what you asked for, you know, in the playoffs. It's going to be loud. It's going to be fun. And uh, and we don't want that to take away from the football we have to play, though. And we even talked about
3: that to the guys as well. Well, there you go. Corvallis Blue Devils four quarters away from a spot in the Class A state championship game. They're hosting Columbia Falls 1 p.m. on Saturday in Corvallis. Uh, That was Blue Devils head coach Josh McCrossin joining us to break down that matchup. Coach? I uh, enjoyed talking with you all year. Appreciated the time this week. Good luck this weekend. And uh, hopefully we'll be talking to you again next week.
2: Absolutely. Thanks again, Andrew, for having us all season long. And uh, go blue.
0: We we highlighted Corvallis in our Montana greats with uh, Lorna Griffin. So we won't rehash that. But Maybe we'll do a little Columbia Falls on the other side. We'll also talk some business and sports. The business angle, Justin Angle in studio. We usually do it on Tuesdays, but doing it on this Thursday I got a hint. Some of the stuff that we've prophesized, it's coming true. We'll talk NIT, NCAA Tournament, Wednesday night Maction, and the marketing impact of the football rivalry to Montana and Montana State. That's next. you right here. No one is now ESPN Radio.